I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I put a question on the board. How do you obey the gospel? If I ask one of you that, would you know what to say? If you don't obey the gospel, you're not going to heaven when you die, and you're going to suffer the wrath of God. Now, there's a verse I want you to turn to. Second Thessalonians. <clears throat> the first chapter. Now, I need to start reading here in maybe verse 3. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, talking to the people at Thessalonica, the believers. As it is meat, because meat means worthy, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Grow exceedingly, your faith has to grow. Peter said so in Second Peter 1 and 5. Besides all this, give all the diligence, add to your faith. And the charity every one of you all every the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations. That word tribulation, you remember the word? Every time you find it it's the word thelipsis T H L I P S-I-S. It is a form of the word T-H-L-I-B-O. Thalibo is the word narrow, is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. I'm talking about the straight gate and the narrow way in a series of teachings because I can't exhaust this in one lesson. There's no possible way. And then he goes on to say, which verse was I in? Five. Five. Which is manifest token of righteous judgment of God, that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Remember, kingdom of God was a term for Israel, or kingdom of heaven. So we have to be worthy of the kingdom of God, for which... You also suffer, seeing it is a seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation. Same word, ellipsis, to them that trouble you. The word trouble is the word thalibo. These are forms of the same word. Trouble you. To those of you who are going through the narrow way, remember, Thalibo is the word narrow. And when you are troubled, Thalibo, when you go through the narrow way, rest with us, Kataposis. You remember that word, Kataposis? It means to pause down. To pause down or to stop working and rest. Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. This is talking about the end of time. In flaming fire. I've got this on a t-shirt. I got it on three t-shirts. It says, Jesus is coming back in flaming fire 
taking vengeance or revenge on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. God's got revenge on people that are not obeying the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be obeying the gospel, don't you? And knowing God. So he's going to take revenge on everyone who does not obey the gospel of God. I've got what I've done. I've gone through my Bible. I've actually gone through the word study concordance and gotten all the places. If I say that God's going to take revenge on people that obey not the gospel, boy, you better find out what obedience to the gospel is. We know what the gospel is. We've already said this in Mark 1 and 1. 1 and 1. You may say, Jim, you said this before. I don't believe you can get this in one teaching. It's just not that easy. Mark 1 and 1, the beginning of the gospel. Beginning of gospel. Of gospel. Let me remind you of something. Every time you find the word gospel in the Bible... It will be the word E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-O-N. Euangelion. It is construction of E-U and A-G-G-E-L-O-S. That means well, angel. Angel is merely the common word messenger. So it means the good message of God. It's good only to the believer. Euangelion is our word evangelism. E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-S-M. So when you're talking about evangelism, you're talking about the gospel and preach the gospel. When you find the, when you find the phrase preach, the gospel. It's one word in the Greek. Preach the gospel. It is the word E U A G G E L I Z O. It is our word evangelize. So without the gospel, without the narrow way, evangelize. The beginning of the gospel is prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a path for God and this was preached the Bible says it was preached by the prophets you're going to find that Malachi preached this Malachi And that's in the third chapter of the first few verses. And it's also preached by Isaiah. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 3. Verse 3. So it's Isaiah 43 and Malachi, the third chapter. That is the gospel. Prepare ye the way. There's two ways, a narrow way. 
and a broad way. The gospel would be the narrow, the Thalibo way. And many times when you find the word trouble, ye are troubled, you're going through the narrow way. This is just mathematically correct. It's just like 2 plus 2 is 4. It's very simple. The narrow way equals the gospel. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. It would include the straight gate. Straight is the word stenos. And while you're going through this, I'm going to go ahead and say something. I may say it two or three times so you can get a hold of it. This is the gospel that's been hidden from the vessels of wrath and destruction. The Bible calls it a glorious gospel. What is so glorious about going through a straight gate in a narrow way? It also calls the gospel the gospel of peace. You see, the longer you live in this life, I've lived a long time, I'll be 83 next week, I've lived long, hard, gone through a lot of trials and persecutions and gone through a lot of sin and a lot of men have attacked me and done evil things to me, but they were supposed to do that because they were swords in the hand of God to cut me down. Finally, God got my attention. I've been in and out of the hospital with heart attacks twice. I've had a stroke. I've gone through years of bad health and God used that to turn my head around and beat me in the head and say you've had enough of yourself this whole thing is about this narrow way it's about peace Irene A-I-R-E-N-A it means to bring everything together in one that's what it means. It's the exact opposite of break in pieces. Break in pieces and scatter abroad. It brings you together in your mind. If God will put you through enough persecution, it's all about that outer man being destroyed. The outer man in Romans. 7.25 The outer man serves the flesh the law of the flesh the inner man which is your new birth and you you were born by the will of God you were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God's will <coughs> so when you're birthed you're actually serving more the flesh than you are God. God says, I've got trials to put you through. I've got tribulation. This is a part of the narrow way. Narrow way. And God's going to make you suffer. He's going to make you go through trials of all kinds. And it's going to be for your good. If he'll put you through enough trials. <clears throat> I always like to put it this way. Concentric circles there. That's, those circles are just a picture of the trials in your life. 
And what they're going to do is they're going to burn out himself. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. But you can't do that by your will. It takes tribulation, fire, persecution. And if you get, if you live long enough, what comes to your life and what's in my life right now at my age is peace. I don't really care <clears throat> what people think about what I say to them when I'm talking Bible to them. Don't care what a doctor says. <clears throat> Let me tell you something you probably don't realize. Most people, professional people, doctors, lawyers, company owners, bankers, you name the business, insurance, real estate, most of them don't know anything about the Bible. Did you know that? They really don't know. So if you use any Greek word on them, you tell them what these things mean, they'll come to a place, they'll just get confused and look at you like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've had doctors, I had my heart doctor tell me, Jim, you're just talking over my head. I said, Doc, I don't believe that. I said, you're telling me. You went to school for 16, 17 years, and they have to pass their boards. I don't know what that consists of. They have to take all these tests. They call it their boards in order to become the full-fledged doctor they are. I had a brain surgeon tell me I, I was 36 years old before I passed my boards. Then he became one of the most famous neurosurgeons in Nashville. These guys that are brilliant, they really are smart when it comes to medicine. And I told my doctor, I said, I don't believe that. You're trying to tell me that you can understand all that medical terminology that you throw at me from time to time, and you can't understand these Greek words. I just don't believe that. I said, if you'll tell me I don't want it, I'll accept that. But I won't accept, I won't accept your beliefs. I'll just accept the fact that you don't want it. That's all you have to tell me. Because I know they don't know anything. I've sat there and scrambled their brain with one Greek word after another. I had, had one blood doctor said, man, I never heard anybody talk like this. Because he don't study theology going to medical school. So don't be afraid to talk to him. But use truth. Use a Greek word. Use use whatever verses you can paraphrase. They're not even familiar with paraphrase. Anybody you run into out there is not is not familiar with God loved Jacob and hated Esau before he the one were born for he the one that done any good or evil. They're not even familiar with that. Did you know that? They're not. I'm just trying to tell you how to talk to people, give them some truth, and that's it. Now, so our lifetime, if God will let you live long enough, you go through enough fire, you'll quit fretting over anything. You'll quit stressing. I'm at that place right now. I don't fight anybody anymore. People that knew me 25 or 30 years ago thought of me as as a fighter. I don't fight nobody. I've come to realize my own message. I've gotten convicted by my own message of predestination. God is sovereign. God has declared the end from the beginning. If he's declared the end from the beginning, the things that you're worrying about, he's already declared that. What it's going to happen and what it's going to be. So why stress over it? That's hard to get a hold of, isn't it? 
But when it happens in my life now, <clears throat> my mind just shifts gears automatically. If you tell me kinfolk died, I say, well, you know, that's the will of God. I'll say that to you that quick. And every one of you will say, yes, I know that. And what you know what that brings? That's the gospel of peace. But you got to get older to get to the place. Does anybody have a hard time realizing that when you're going through something tough in your life? Do you have a hard time getting a hold of that? Every time something happens, just simply say, this too is the will of God. I had my water heater <clears throat> broke, and it was emptying tons of water into my garage a couple of weeks ago. And you know the first thing I said? This too is the will of God. I said it out loud. This is what God wants. And I thought, and when you see something like that happen, it's just pouring water in the garage. You think that I'll never get over this, but you do. Everything comes to pass. It doesn't come to stay. Now, i got to get on with this. How are you going to obey the gospel? First of all, you got to find out what it is. And what does it do in your life? It is the narrow way. The Bible says the beginning of the gospel is a narrow way. I love the fact that it also says in Luke 3 and 3. Here's what you do with it right here. John came preaching the baptism of repentance. As it was written in the book of Isaiah, it says Esaias. That's the way you translate. That's the way you translate into the Greek Esaias. It's the word Isaiah. And Isaiah 40 and 3. doesn't say 40 and 3, but that's where it's quoted from. Baptism of repentance, as it was quoted in the book of Isaiah, is prepare you the way. So, the baptism of repentance is a blood baptism. It can't be water. Because water is not a is not a narrow way. It's not full of tribulation unless you drown in the baptistry. It's it's not any of those things. So the baptism, the blood baptism of repentance, equals the narrow way, doesn't it? The Bible says this is the beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way. And John came preaching the baptism of repentance, which was prepare you the narrow way. Well, if you can get a hold of that. And that's, the Bible says, if you do not, if you do not obey the gospel in this narrow way, and this, and in this blood baptism, God's going to bring vengeance on you. I believe that everybody that belongs to God, that's one of God's elect, will eventually learn to give up the flesh. Have you ever noticed old people have given it up? You remember Milton? He gave it up. He just, he was just sitting back here and said, I'm waiting to die. You could talk to him for five minutes. He said, well, I want to go home to be with the Lord. He'd say that. That's because he had the gospel of peace. And you won't have the peace 
until you quit stressing out and worrying about things and stuff and whether self is going to accomplish anything or not. What I want to do with you is start. Today's Mother's Day in America. Let me just say a few things about Mother's Day. Not much. Jesus said in Mark, the third chapter, My mother and my brothers and my sister are those who do the will of the Father. Doing the will is the same thing as the blood baptism. You're in the straight gate in a narrow way. And then he said, concerning his mother and brothers and sisters, he said, my mother, according to Galatians, the fourth chapter, my mother is Jerusalem. Well, what in the world is Jerusalem? The Bible says in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, that Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem, is the church of the firstborn. That's the church. That's my mother. People will talk about the mother church. That's true. It's our brothers and sisters. If they're doing the will, let's put it this way. Are they doing the gospel, the straight gate and the narrow way without complaining? You'll complain in the flesh. But the Spirit will never complain because the Bible says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. His seed remaineth him in him, and he cannot sin. Well, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves in First John 1 and 8. So we have sin. Do you want to get over this stress that you have in life? Say, God, help me to get rid of me. Do you know that's the only problem we have is self? It's not the people that we think are our enemies that's doing us wrong. God's got them doing us wrong to burn out self. That's these concentric circles there. He's burning out self so that as we get older, we may have a little thin veneer of the outer man. We're going to go back and I have not exhausted the inner man, the outer man. Haven't exhausted it. You're going to find the inner and the outer man in Romans 7. I got to go back and do that again. You're going to find it in Colossians 3. You're going to find it in Ephesians 4. Talking about the inner man, put on the inner man. Put on is always the word enduo, N-D-U-O. Enduo means to sink into clothing. What is the clothing that we wear? It's our righteousness. And our robes have been made white, have been made righteous in the blood of Christ, the blood baptism. So when the Bible speaks of obeying the gospel, how do we obey the gospel? We obey the blood baptism that he puts us through. And everything you're going through is to give up this outer man. If you can get old enough, you'll give it up. And you'll get to a place where you're at peace. I'm going to read some verses to you on the gospel. Look here in Romans, the first chapter. Paul says, let me put it this way. I'm not ashamed of the narrow way. If the gospel is the narrow and the straight gate and the narrow way, every time you find gospel, you can put straight gate and narrow way, can't you? If it is the same thing, if the beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way, that's the narrow way. There's only two ways, a narrow way and a broad way. 
Many go into the broad way. A few go into the narrow way. This is not even hard to understand. I'm not ashamed of the narrow way of Christ. I've said this before. When I was young, I was ashamed of Jesus in public because I thought he was this pansy that these preachers are talking about. He's not. He's coming back in flaming fire, taking revenge on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. What a frightening thing. I don't want to be, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that, Jesus. For the gospel is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now go over here. I'm just going to read you some verses about the gospel. Why you have to be obedient to it. Look over here in Romans 10, 15. He just talked about a couple of my favorite verses, Romans ten thirteen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? In verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. The gospel is peace. It's not peaceful at first when you start entering into it you think my life is miserable i keep talking to these people nobody wants to hear christmas is pagan and predestination is true what's amazing this word gospel is the word euangelizo e-u-a-g-g-e-l-i-z-o right big all right i will and bring glad tidings of good things. You see the glad tidings? That's the exact same word as gospel. Euangelizo. Same word. So the glad tidings is the gospel, which is prepare you the way of the Lord, make his past, right? It's... It's a straight way. Now, keep on going with me over here. I'm going to go through a bunch of these verses with you. And from time to time, I'll substitute fire and trial or daily cross because that's what it's about. Now, look here in Second Corinthians 8 and verse 18. He's talking about Timothy coming to meet the needs of the people at Corinth. We have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel. Whose praise. Man will only have praise from God's people when he's in the narrow way. And he's suffering the straight gate. Remember straight. How you can tell these people apart from others. Straight is the word stenos. And the verb form of that is stenazo, S-T-E-N-A-Z-O. And every time you find the word groan or groaning, all through the New Testament Scriptures, the word stenazo, we are groaning as we go through this straight and narrow way. It's supposed to hurt. It hurts till you get older. And you just give up. There's one day 
I stressed and wrestled till I was 60-ish, maybe 61, 62, somewhere about there. And I threw my hands there. I said, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I'd been a believer since I was a little kid. Just because you're a believer don't mean all the struggles go away. I just began to say, Lord, I believe my message. I believe you declared everything that's going on out there, including the evil. And it's for my good. So I started just saying, every time something happens, if you're around when something bad happens, I'll say, this is the will of God. We had this flood. There was a dental office upstairs one time, and it flooded out and flooded all this down here. And this was on a Sunday morning, and we all gathered together here. And I stood out there and I said, well, we can't make this morning. This is the will of God. Let's go to Cracker Barrel and get something to eat, okay? That's what I said. I mean, what you going to do about it? It's already flooded. You go, what are we going to do about this? What's done? It's over. Forget it. Go find some place to sit down and drink some coffee and eat some breakfast, okay? That happened on a Sunday morning. Then you go over here to First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians nine and verse thirteen. Chapter eight and nine are about Timothy coming to Corinth and bringing money for the needy. Whilst by the experience of this ministration they they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the you've professed subjection unto the straight and narrow way, and that's why they're accepting you, Timothy, the gospel for your liberal distribution. You've brought money to the people in Corinth. And Corinth was lazy. They were kind of a bunch of bums. And God said, I've got to, I've got to send them some rescue, but I've got to reprimand them. He said at one point, he said, we had to get money from Philippi, from Macedonia. Macedon is just above the Aegean Sea. Macedonia is northern Greece. Let me see here. You need to understand where these places are. I don't know how preacher preaches without maps. Let me get to my map over here. Maybe I'll get me a something I can speak it and it'll come up. All right, here it is right here. I'm getting where I used to where it is. Here it is. Macedonia, Philippi, and Thessalonica is right up here. It's right at the top of Greece. It's right up here. Macedon was northern Greece. There's a little land bridge that goes down into what they call the Peloponnesus. It looks like a little hand. There's a land bridge there. And all the educated people from southern Greece, these were considered country people or redneck people up here. That's where Alexander the Great was from. He was from Macedonia, Macedon. And Philippi and 
Thessalonica was right up here next door to each other, right above this Aegean Sea. That's where it was. I think it's best to let people know where these things are. Then he says here, let's go to the next chapter, 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Paul says, there's some preachers coming to Corinth. They're preaching the wrong gospel. Verse 4, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, what would another Jesus be? He goes on later in this chapter and says the other Jesus is Satan transforming himself into an angel of light. It would be the Jesus that these preachers preach in these churches that has no narrow way. They never mention daily cross, death to self, self-denial. I had uh, Dwayne come up to me last week and he said, after I went through all this daily cross and death to self, he said, I never heard a preacher preach all that, death to self and daily cross. But that's the God. That will make you peaceful as you grow older. You'll stop saying, I'm not going to worry anymore. When you believe in the sovereignty of God and predestination, you realize God's doing all this for your good. So another Jesus would be Satan transforming himself. Verse 14, no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Transform metaschematids, O-M-E-T-A. S-C-H-E-M-A-T-I-Z-O. That means to disguise oneself. Satan comes wearing a three-piece suit with a watch fob and driving a nice new Cadillac out in the parking lot. That's how he comes. All these Baptists and all these Pentecostals and Charismatics, they don't believe God. If they did, they'd be preaching this narrow way, the daily cross every day. The daily cross comes daily. I don't even hear any of them talking about dying daily, do you? You'll hear them on radio, you'll hear them on TV. And then he says, verse 15, Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. That's the Baptist preachers, the Pentecostal preachers, the Church of Christ preachers. They're transformed, metachemated, so disguised as God's preachers. And then, so, and he goes, goes back to verse 4. They're preaching another Jesus whom you have whom we have not preached. I did not preach the Jesus of these Baptist churches in America. That's not the Jesus Paul was talking about. People say, but Paul wants us to be happy and when you're going to talk about the happiness and joy we have in Christ, what are you talking about? The Bible says in Philippians one twenty nine. Unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe upon him, but also to suffer for his sake. Given is the word charizomai, C-H-A-R-I-Z-O-M-A-I. It is a form of C-H-A-R-I-Z-O, charizo, and that is the word joy. Your joy is being able to suffer like Jesus suffered. Unto you is given. Given means a special gift. 
You've been given the gift to suffer for righteous sake. That's a gift that God gives us to go into the straight gate in the narrow way. And that is the gift of peace eventually in your life. It'll bring you peace when you start saying, the sovereignty of God is true. God wants all these things. I lost my house and that's supposed to happen. I lost my car and that's supposed to happen. I've lost my job and that's supposed to happen. How are you going to get by without these things in your life? That's going to help you to get rid of the outer man in time. And eventually it will be the gospel of peace in your life. And then he says, If you have received another spirit, what's another spirit? The Holy Spirit is truth. It's another truth, which is not the truth. You've got to remember, you define these words. Word definition is everything, truth. So if it's another spirit, it's another A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. That's the word truth. It comes from Lanthano. Lanthano uh, means to hide or conceal. Conceal. And the alpha, that is in the text. The alpha negates the word and gives an opposite meaning. Alanthano means not to hide anything. Well, are the preachers hiding things? Yes. They're hiding the narrow way. They're hiding the daily cross. They hate the daily cross because their God is their belly. The belly was an Epicurean term. It meant, it meant the fulfillment of all desires, whether it's sensual, sexual, whether it's material, cars, houses, things, stuff. It, they said the belly was the place that fulfilled all of your desires. That's what the Epicureans said. And they hated the daily cross because of that. And they hated there's people at Philippi that hated the daily cross because their God was their belly and their mind was on earthly things. Earthly is the word gay. It means soil or dirt. Everything you see is made out of dirt. Everything you're made out of dirt. Those tables are made of dirt. Your car in the parking lot is made out of dirt. And the fuel that it runs on came out of the ground. It was dirt. Everything is dirt. And that's what people like. They like all these things made out of dirt. I keep saying, you know, New York City was here a million years ago. It was just unrefined in the ground. It shows you how empty things are. When you think of these guys that got all this money, you think of Bill Gates or uh, Elon Musk. Those guys are so rich, they'll never spend all their money, and there's no way they can be happy. No possible way. They always have to have some purpose, so they're doing something else to get some attention. If it's to if it's to back something in, in our society to make them feel good about who they are. Then he says... Another spirit which you have not received. I like that word received. You recognize it when I put it on the board. Decomai. 
you recognize that? Remember 1 Corinthians 2.14? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Receiveth that were decomai. In Hebrews 12, the Lord... Those that he receives, he scourges. And it's the same word, dekomai. Dek comes from dek, which is the word ten in the Greek. Ten. And he said, dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. The Bible says they're preaching another another spirit which you have not received. You have not accepted. And then he says, or another gospel. What if we put in there another way? And it's an easy way. It's actually the preachers are preaching a wide way, a wide, a, a wide gate, a broad way and a wide gate. That's what they're preaching. Hey, you need to feel good about yourself and be positive and in God's wonderful. It makes us all feel so great and just think He's giving you eternal life today and you're supposed to be happy today. No, you're not. We must do much tribulation into the kingdom of God and that doesn't make us happy. That makes us feel, feel miserable. What I'm trying to tell you is somewhere down the road, as you get older, you'll learn to accept that inner man is working on the outer man to kill him off. He's worked on me. I'm here to tell you at my age, I can tell you these truths because I have experienced them and I'm still experiencing them. So another gospel which you have not accepted, which I'm afraid you will live with these guys and believe in them and follow the wrong Jesus, the wrong truth. If it's another truth, it's not the real truth. They're hiding everything. Truth means not to hide anything. They're hiding the daily cross. They're hiding debt to self. They're hiding all of these things, a blood baptism, they're hiding, drinking a cup. How are they hiding it? They're passing around crackers and grape juice. That's how they're hiding it. They're hiding Christ's mass. Christmas is Christ's mass. It's Roman Catholicism. They're hiding it. All the preachers are hiding it. Even John MacArthur is hiding it. You don't hear people talking about dying daily. Now, let's go over here. Let's go over here to another verse. Let's go to Galatians, the first chapter. It's going to be akin to what we just read. Galatians, the first chapter. And Paul tells the Galatians, Galatia is, it's a state right here in central Turkey. They called that Asia back in the first century. It's a state. When Paul left Antioch, he came down to Cyprus, came up to Pamphylia. Then he went up to Antioch, Iconium, Derby, and Lystra. That's all in the 14th chapter of Acts. 
he goes to those places they kill him they try to kill him at Lystra and they say we're gonna we're gonna kill you you're talking about this Jesus said he rose from the dead we're Pharisees we don't want to hear this so they tried to kill him. They stoned him and left for him dead. That's when he said, We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Acts fourteen twenty two. I've said that so many times you should have that memorized. And that's Galatia. So everything that's going on in that thirteen, fourteen chapter on his first missionary journey going over here and up here to Galatia. Everything you find in the book of Galatians is about that journey in Acts 13 and 14. So you've got to read Acts 13 and 14 to read the book of Galatians. When he's coming back after having preached there and after getting all banged up when they stoned him, like I said, when they stoned somebody, they didn't just throw rocks at him. They threw, they threw boulders at him. They would throw him off a high place, 20, 30 feet high. If he didn't break their neck, then they'd stone him with 20, 20, 35 pound stones on him. He looked like he'd been in a camel wreck going, going 50 miles an hour, running into a brick wall. So here we are in Galatians. When he's coming back from Galatia, there's some Judaizers following him, people that are wanting to keep the law of the Jews. And they tell Paul, you got to go back and circumcise all these Gentiles that you, that you preach to up here. He said, we're not going to do that. He says that throughout the 15th chapter of Acts. And when he gets back to Jerusalem, Peter stands up and says, no, we're not going to do that. Peter agrees with him. And James, the head of the council of Jerusalem, says, we're not going to go back and circumcise them. What were they talking about? They were talking about the proselyte process, circumcision, washed in water, and offer two turtle doves at the temple, and that made them a citizen of Israel. That was proselyte process. He said, we're not going to do that. And Peter says, we're not going to do any more any more water washing when you get to that 10th chapter. We back up to the 10th chapter. The water is over. The circumcision is over. Then he says here in verse 6, we're talking about the gospel. We're talking about the straight gate and the narrow way. That's the gospel. The Bible says so. That's the blood baptism. The Bible says so. Verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. The Galatians are moved away from the truth. Paul told them over there in the third chapter, he said, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? He said, Truth is something you have to obey. So they were pulling away at Galatia. Let's go back to verse 7. And then he says, you've moved away to another gospel, which is not another gospel. But there be some that trouble you, the Lebo, 
There's that word again. And would pervert the gospel of Christ. It was nothing but taking the word of God and twisting it just like the preachers do today. They perverted metastrepho. M-E-T-A. S-T-R-E-B-H-O. It means to turn it upside down or twist it and pervert it. They've actually taken the gospel of Christ in churches and say, the gospel is walk down the aisle and accept Christ as your personal Savior and get dipped in water. That's not the gospel. The gospel is a straight gate and a narrow way. The Bible says so in Mark 1 and 1, too. But you've got to learn to be happy. When you get happy with the straight gate, you get to where you witnessed it by it. I run people off by witnessing to them. And I'm prepared to talk to them. If I say this, please forgive me. I'll speak like Paul said. I'll speak as foolish men speak. I'm more prepared for preachers than they're prepared for me. I've got all these words up in my head, all these verses up in my head. I don't try to be exact with them. I don't try to beat them up and chew them out. I say, here's what the Bible says. If you don't believe this, you don't believe God. I've had people say, I don't believe in predestination. I say, you have to. You call yourself a Christian? It's in the Bible. Didn't you know that? And every time I've ever said that, they'll go, like they didn't know it. And they think it means something that it don't mean. Let's keep reading. And then he says, they pervert the gospel. They pervert, let me put it this way. They pervert the straight, they pervert the straight gate in the narrow way. That's what they pervert. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that, any other, let me put it this way. Though we or anyone else preaches any other straight gate and narrow way or daily cross or death to self or self-denial, because they all mean the same thing. If anyone comes preaching any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, anathema. (laughs) A-N-A-T-H-E-M-A. That's a common word, curse. Cut off from God. To be cut off from God. You cannot preach another gospel and be right. If they're preaching anything other than a straight gate in our way, they're not preaching the gospel. If they're preaching this easy slush thing they're preaching the pulpits of America. It's slush. It's mushy. It's nothing. You might as well be walking through a field of oatmeal up to your waist. For what good it's doing. It's good for nothing. Look at verse 10. For do I not persuade men or God? Who am I I out to please? Or do I seek to please man? I'm not out to please anybody. I'll tell you what. I have never been this free or this at peace in my life. If you learn enough of these words, well, you'll be prepared for the enemy, which is the world out there. And you can unload these verses on them. Just say them to them. 
Don't worry about whether you're convincing them and don't worry about whether you're offending them. If they're vessels of wrath, you'll offend them. If they're vessels of mercy, you'll have them in your hand. And only the vessels of mercy will believe what you're asking. But it's going to be few because most people are going to hell when they die. So don't expect to get some good response just because it's a family member because they won't usually. For if I yet please men, I am not the servant of Christ. I tell you what, if you can memorize that, if I yet please men, that's one of Mary's favorite things to say to people. If I yet please men, I'm not God's servant. I'm just a man that's wasting my time. I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. When God struck me down on the Damascus Road, that wasn't man's doing. That was his. Boy, if God had struck you down somewhere, he had struck me down. When I got in the hospital in my mid-40s and I thought I was dying, I started saying, Lord, I surrender. I give up. I am quit trying to be a rich real estate agent i'm gonna quit trying to be a famous singer you don't really know how people who are famous how miserable they are do you when naomi judge just died this past week they said that she was extremely depressed all the time with all of her hit records everything she had she's depressed said she took medication for it constantly she couldn't come out of it. That's a terrible way to live, isn't it? Have all the money in the world, have all the property in the world, and you're depressed, you can't enjoy any of it. And then he says, For neither I received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ when he struck me down on the Damascus road. And notice when Jesus struck him down, he didn't say, would you like to accept me as your personal Savior, Paul? And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He didn't ask him to accept Christ, did he? He didn't ask Joshua to accept Christ. He didn't ask Moses to accept Christ. He said, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Okay, Lord. It wasn't a matter of accepting anything. Now, go over here. This is very interesting. The Gospel. Galatians 4. This is very in-depth. Verse 6. Even as Abraham... Well, let me read the verse before it. That's important. He therefore that ministers to you in spirit and worketh miracles among you. That's chapter 3, verse 5. Doeth he it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Remember here is also the word obey. Did he do it by the works of the law, by the obedience of faith? See, faith is something you obey. Just like the gospel is something you obey. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Accounted is the word logizomai. 
L-O-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Erase some of this. I, I love preaching about the gospel. All these preachers talk about, we need to tell people the gospel. They have no idea what it is. It's the straight gate and the narrow way. It's blood baptism. It is death to self. You have to obey death to self. And you have to do it without complaining. And death to self is when people start condemning you for being a believer in truth, for believing that Christmas is pagan, believing in predestination. God doesn't love everybody. When you begin to when you begin to embrace the gospel, you're beginning to embrace the fire. That's what it is. And he says it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness, his belief, because that's something you do. Believe is the word logizomai, L-O-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. It's also the word impute. Anytime you find the word impute, it means to impute or to esteem or to consider Abraham righteous. So Abraham was righteous because of his belief, but belief wasn't something he just said with his mouth. He was obedient to God. When God says, take your son, thine only son Isaac, he didn't even call Ishmael the son of Abraham. And he was 13 years older than Isaac. He said, take thine only son Isaac and offer him for a sacrifice on Mount Carmel. Abraham said, okay. Could you do that? But see, Abraham something had something to rely upon. God had come to him and said, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world through this one son. Now kill him. What was Abraham doing? He was believing that God was going to bless all the world. You look at Hebrews. Go over to Hebrews real quick. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, tried is the same word as temptation, parasmos, P-A-I-R-A-S, M-O-S. He was tried when God said, go kill this son that I'm going to bless the earth with. Man. Offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, I love the word promises, Epangelia, Ep-A-G-G-E-L-I-A. It comes from epi, meaning to cover the message, angelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. That's the word, our word angel, and it means messenger. It means to cover God's people with a message, to cover with the message. That's the word promise. It's the promises have already been made. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Abraham, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Well, it sounds like Abraham's only son was Isaac, and it was. Even though Ishmael was of the seed of Abraham, he's the same way that Jesus talked to the Pharisees in John 8. I know that you're of the seed of Abraham, he told the Pharisees, but your father's the devil. The works of your father you will do. You you can't call somebody a son unless he's doing the will of God. And then he says in verse 18, of whom it is said, he says this in Galatians, he says it in Genesis, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Well, if their seed's going to be called in Isaac, and Isaac is 13 years old, when God takes him, God has Abraham to take him. You know what Abraham said to the men that were waiting with the mules? He said, I and the boy shall return. They got on the top of the mountain. And Isaac said, Father, where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide his sacrifice. And he raised the dagger to plunge it into Isaac. And he had no intentions of holding back. He had full intent of plunging it into his son to offer him as a sacrifice. That's when God said, whoa, I know that you believe me. There's a, there's a lamb over here in the bushes caught by the horns. There's your sacrifice. But look at what the next verse says. Abraham, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he had received him already in a figure. The word figure is the word parabole. P-A-R-A-B-O-L-E. It's our word parable. He'd already received him from the dead. What do you mean by that? Well, let's read this over here in Galatians. The 8th verse. Well, let me read the 7th verse. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are children of Abraham. Abraham's children were the Jews. That's us. Spiritual Israel. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel. Oops, there we are, that word again. The trials, the fire, the persecution unto Abraham. He preached the gospel to Abraham. What is the gospel? We know what it is. It's resurrection. The gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel, how that Christ died and was buried and resurrected again the third day. That's the gospel. But every time you find the word resurrection, except for one time, anastasis, A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-S, that is feminine gender. It's talking about the resurrection of the church, the wife, the bride of Christ, when they die daily. When you get strong in the word, people can't stand against you. I'm just... 
I've been studying Bible for going on 67 years. I feel if I walk into a room packed full of PhDs, I feel like I'm in charge. I don't mean that to boast. I've just got that much up here. I've got that much memory. I've got that much Greek words, Hebrew words, history of Israel. I've had people correct me. I said, well, the Bible doesn't say that. Let me tell you what it says. And I'll just tell them. And usually they go, uh, people open their mouth before they put their mouth in gear before they think. If you learn some of these things, you'll be in charge. So the gospel was, this verse goes with Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans 4. So the gospel was preached to Abraham. What was the gospel? Resurrection. Abraham was too old to have children. He was 99 years old. Sarah was 89. And God comes to Abraham and says, You're going to have a son. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. That's what Genesis tells us. It ceased to be with Sarah. She didn't ovulate anymore. He had no sperm anymore. They couldn't have kids. He actually raised Isaac from the dead womb of his mother, the dead loins of his father. That is the gospel that was preached to Abraham. Isn't that great? That's why these ignorant charismatics, they use this verse in Romans 4. Verse 17, as is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. He believed in God who quickeneth the dead. Zumpael was the word quicken, Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. It means to quicken, means to make alive. Make Poeo alive. He made Isaac alive from the dead womb of his mother, the dead loins of his father. That's the gospel he preached to Abraham. If you start talking about the gospel any later than Abraham, you're starting too late. And that's the baptism, isn't it? So actually, that would be the baptism. Now, let's get back over here to Galatians. Well, I didn't read that, didn't finish reading that in Romans. Romans 4. Romans 4. Verse 17. I will make thee a father of many nations for him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead, and call us those things which be not as though they were. Calling things that be not is raising Isaac from the dead loins of his father and from the dead womb of his mother. Something that was not was something that was dead. When, when, it, when, when Herod killed all the children in Matthew, the second chapter, from two years old and upward, in order to get Jesus, who was in a house, living with his mother when they got there, he wasn't in a manger when the wise men got there. And he killed all the children from two years old and under, and according to the time, we had diligently inquired of the wise men what time the star appeared two years before. 
And then the Bible says Rachel was weeping for her children because they were not. Something that was not was something that was dead. That's what he's talking about here in Romans 4. That he called things that be not as though they were. And then it goes on to say, it goes on to say after that, Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, El Pizzo, remember the word El Pizzo? Abraham didn't care if he killed Isaac. He knew God had raised him from the dead. Who against hope, El Pizzo, God had already made the promise to him. And he said, I've received Isaac from the dead in a parable. And God will do what he says. You know what? God will do what he says in your life too and in mine. He'll protect us when we commit completely to him. I'm not concerned about money or stuff or things anymore. When I was young, selling real estate, I was 40. I was a big, super hotshot salesman, making lots of money. And I was saying, this is my money. I'm not sharing it with nobody. God has dealt with me in my old age. I'm very liberal with my money. I'll give to anybody. I won't just give to somebody because they want it. You have to believe the truth. And I won't just let somebody come along and bum. I've got too many people I'm trying to help out here in the world. But he's made me very, very giving as I grow older. And when you're giving, I keep saying this, if you're in a crowd of people and you've got 12 people in a circle and you tell everybody, think about others and not yourself. How many people are going to be thinking about you? Eleven. But if you're thinking about yourself, there's one out of twelve that's thinking about you, and that's just you. When you're thinking about others and care about others, the word gets out that you care. I've always got people calling me wanting money. So-and-so told me you give away money. I said, no, I don't. Well, my name is Susie Jones. I'm down here in in Nashville. Somebody said you'd give me money for a motel room. I said, no. What do you think about Christmas? I love Christmas. We we don't like it. Uh, What do you think about predestination? I don't know what that is. Well, then you don't believe what we believe. I said, if you come up here and visit us one time, I'll give you a little bit of money. But you got to come here, and you got to hear the truth. I'll give you $50 if you'll come and listen to the truth. One full message. And that's enough to run off a vessel of wrath. Or it's enough to convert a vessel of mercy. Then, he says here, he says here in Romans 4, Abraham against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be in in Isaac and then the Bible says in verse 19 and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead he didn't have any way to have children anymore he was 99 when he was about a hundred years old, he was 99 when God made him this promise. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
and God raised Isaac out of their dead womb and loins. That's calling things that be not. These idiot charismatics don't know nothing about this. That's the gospel. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Staggered is the word. That word, diacrino. Diacrino. Means to doubt. Crino means to judge. Dia means the channel of judging. He didn't become the channel of judging against God. Being not weak in faith, he staggered not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is the word A A P I S T I S. Remember, belief is the word pistis, or that's the word faith. The alpha in front of it means no faith. He knew that God had promised that he would bless all the world through Isaac. And now he said, I can kill him and he'll raise him from the dead again. That's what he said in Hebrews. So he didn't stagger God to unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God for the blood baptism for the gospel. Now, how much time do I have, Mike? Let's get on to some more of these. Look here at Romans ten fifteen. This follows some of my favorite verses about Romans ten thirteen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And glad tidings of good things. Gospel and glad tidings, same word, you angelizo. And it is a gospel of peace. When the Bible says in, in the scripture where it says, the God of this world has blinded the minds from this gospel, What he's blinded their minds from is they can have peace by crucifying the flesh. He's not letting everybody know that. When you crucify the flesh, that outer man, through all the years of fire and trials, this inner man takes over as you get older and you say, hey, all these things are supposed to happen. Predestination and the sovereignty of God is the most comforting thing in the world. I have people write to me, email me and say, this is the most comforting thing I've ever run across. And it is to know that God is doing everything. There's no need to ever get angry at anybody over anything, but we do until when? Until we learn. It's a waste of time. What you're doing when you get mad at anybody for anything they're doing, you're getting angry at the sovereign will of the living God. That's what you're getting angry at. Does anybody ever get angry? Stop that. (laughs) I mean, when people cut me off in traffic, I say, well, God, they're supposed to do that. It kind of, there's a tinge of 
resentment. And I say, that's not supposed to be there. They're supposed to do that. The world is crazy. Have you figured that out yet? They're really crazy. They can't think rational. Young guys think they can run through town going 100 miles an hour, and they're never going to have a wreck and never going to get a ticket. And they will, and they do. So leave that up to the police. Don't try to take that in your own hands. And then let's go on over here and look at some more on this on this gospel thing. Okay. He says over this takes me too long, I might have to come back. He says here in First Corinthians, the ninth chapter, he's talking about the tithe. People say the tithe is not in the New Testament. Yes, it is. Yes, sirree. And he says here, uh, verse 7, Who goeth to warfare at any time at his own charges? If you go to war, you don't buy your own rifle and buy your own sword and buy your own spear. Who planteth the vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? He's talking about I'm working for you at Corinth and I'm supposed to share in the carnal things that you make money so I can eat and have my bills paid. Say I these things as a man or saith not the law the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. The ox is in a, he's got a yoke on him and he's going in a circle. He's treading out the corn. And the corn is falling on the ground and he's supposed to be allowed to eat all he wants to eat. You can't muzzle him, say you can't eat. You're doing the work, but we're not going to let you eat. Doth God care for oxen? Or saith he it already for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. They got to eat of the... He's talking about, I'm working at Corinth preaching. I'm going from church to church. You're supposed to be supporting me. And that he that thresheth in hope should be a partaker of hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, the word of God... Is it a great thing that we should reap your fleshly things, your carnal, your sarkikos, S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S, K-I-K-O-S. comes from the word sarks. It's the word flesh. It takes fleshly things to get along in life. It takes so much money. If others be partakers of this power over you, are we not rather, he's saying, I could force you and tell you that you should be doing this, but I'm not going to do that. I tell people that the tithe is in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's in Hebrews, the seventh chapter. It's here. It's throughout. It's it's the way. They don't give these lights away. We have to pay for the lights. The, the light bill here runs up three, 400 a month. Did you know that? Because it's fixed in with the computers back there. And it takes, we've got $12,000 a month. We give away in DVDs and posters and packaging. We've got... Uh, 
five people on full-time payroll. You can't just do this. And I work 24 hours a day in this. Tom works in it around the clock. Mike works it around the clock. Dave works all the time in it. Nevertheless, we have not used this power but suffer all things. We allow things to happen in God's time to convict your hearts. I keep saying, Paul is saying here, we're not going to force you to tithe, but you should. Lest we should hinder the gospel of God. Hinder means exactly that. It means to stop the daily cross, the self-denial, the straight and the narrow way. Then he says, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar, which the 18th chapter of Numbers tells us, that was the Levites. They got the tenth from the altar. Are partakers with the altar? Even so are the. That is to say, even so. Hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of it? You shouldn't be, and he's saying this to Corinth because they are so stingy. They didn't want to support Paul, so he said, I had to get money from Philippi to meet your obligation. Now, let's get on with some more of this gospel. Doing the gospel is doing the narrow way without complaint. When people want to give you a hard time, let them. Are you supposed to give them a hard time back? No, just tell them the truth. Tell them they'll die in their sin without believing God and being in the narrow way. Start using the narrow way and the straight gate. Tell people you got to be in the straight and narrow. That's the gospel. Then he says over here in Second Corinthians 8. No, I think I already read this. Excuse me, I'll be over a couple of these. I've already read one of those and I'm not sorry I read it. Okay, let's go back over here. Let's go over here to Ephesians. Now let's go to the end of Galatians. I didn't finish this. Let's go to Ephesians to Galatians four. Galatians four. Verse thirteen. He's telling the Galatians. Remember Galatians right in the center of what we call Turkey. It's a state. These other churches like Ephesus was a city. This is a state that had Antioch, Iconium, Derby, and Lystra in it. Verse 13. You know how that through infirmity of the flesh, infirmity, asthenia, when you go back over to 1 Corinthians 12, People want to know, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I believe it was his eyes. He couldn't see well. Luke was his stenographer. Luke wrote everything out for Paul. That's why Luke was his constant companion. And 
in Second Corinthians 12. It's talking about his thorn in the flesh. I believe it was his eyes, according to Galatians, the fourth chapter. Second Corinthians 12, Paul said, I besought the Lord three times. Now, Paul is showing his unbelief here. Paul is showing his sinful nature. He tells us not to ask God for things that we want. And he's saying, I besought the Lord three times for my thorn in the flesh. It seems like God is saying, don't you remember I gave you those things for your good? And he says here in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, chapter, he's talking about it. He said, verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me a thorn in my flesh. It was a fleshly thing. Flesh is the word socks. The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul is saying, I, God had to give me this to keep me humble. For this thing I besought the Lord three times. Now he tells us not to do that. Many times. Just ask God one time. That's enough. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. Teleos. Mature. If God don't give you some kind of thorn in the flesh, you're not going to get strong before long. He says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. The same word you find in Galatians 4. Infirmities, asthenia, A-S-T-H-E-N-E-I-A, means a malady or disease. A-S-T-H-E-N-E-I-A. It means a disease. He had some, I believe he had an eye disease he couldn't, Write. At one point he said, my writings are great and I can't read. So he had a problem with his eyes. Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, hubris, insults, that people insult me, in necessities, in persecutions. Persecution, diogma comes from Dioko, meaning to be pursued by people trying to destroy me. He said, I take pleasure in all of that. All that was for my good. In distresses for Christ's sake. Remember the word distresses? Steno Korea. Steno. Steno. K-O-R-E-I-A. It means the land of expanse that I'm going through the stenos straight gate it means I'm going through this narrow way it, it, it implies going through the wilderness over here it was an expansive area of nothing but 
straightness, nothing but narrowness, nothing but trouble. He said, I'm going through all this trouble. And that's the word distress is it comes from the word stenos, which is the word straight. So it's connected directly to the word narrow. Straight is the gate. You enter in and you have to stay in it for the rest of your life as a believer. Tough. <laughs> that's the way it works. You can't leave it. God won't let you leave it. And then he says, for when I am weak physically, that's when I become strong. I am become a fool in glory, and yet ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the chiefest apostles, through though, though I be nothing. And then he speaks of the signs of an apostle in the next verse. And the Bible says those will be gone when the perfect is come. And the perfect teleos means mature church. I've got so many more things on this. How do you do the truth? You stay in this narrow way and you don't complain and gripe just because your life gets tough. It's supposed, it's supposed to be that way for all believers. These people going to these Baptist churches, go up there and ask them, are you going through the straight gate in the narrow way and suffering tribulation, daily cross and death, self and self denial? Is your life tough? They're going to go, what are you talking about? Well, I love Jesus all my heart. Ain't that great? You don't love him if you're not walking in his commandments. If you're walking in his commandments, you tell people the truth and they get upset at you. They get mad at you. I got much more to say on this, on the gospel. So if you're, you have to be doing obedience to the gospel. I hear these preachers say, we preach the gospel of Christ. What is it? I just go, what? They don't, none of them tell you that it's the straight gate and the narrow way. Mark 1, 1 and 2. Has any of you had a hard time? Me too. I didn't wait for you to answer. I knew the answer. Am I out of time, Mike? I'm not going to have much time to go. I'll read another verse here in Ephesians 1. Speaking in verse verse 12. That we should be the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the word of God is truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. Truth is the word aletheia. means not to hide anything, and that's the gospel. When you don't hide anything, people get upset at you for saying Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan. When you tell people, you tell a Baptist, you can't accept Christ when you're dead in sin, and you can't pray a sinner's prayer. Nobody can call on a God they don't believe in. You tell them that, and you're going to suffer for that because the Baptist said, well, I know what I did. I know I got saved one night. You don't get saved. There's no such thing as get saved. G-I-T, saved. Saved is the word sozo. All the Baptists in the world talk about getting saved, praying the sinner's prayer, accepting Christ. Those are not true. Belief is true. 
faith is true. But faith is dead to self, so that belongs with the gospel. Doing the gospel is death to self. While it happens, you have to be dying daily. And that's also hard to do because I wouldn't, I didn't want to do that when I was young. Did you? Did you want to give up the flesh when you were young? I didn't. The word of the gospel of your salvation, you don't have any salvation without the word of truth, which is the gospel. If you'll notice, these words will tell you what the gospel is as you read them through the... But the best way you can do that is get a word study concordance. Look up the word gospel and it'll tell you every time it's mentioned. It'll tell you every time preach the gospel is mentioned, you angelizo, evangelize. I, I wish I could get this over to everybody, but I can't. I think the only way you can experience this is to go through more fire and get older till one day you say the fire don't matter. Tribulation don't matter. Let let my kin folks crucify me and put me on a daily cross and separate from me. That's death. Separation, not annihilation. I have people call me and say, but my family don't want anything to do with me. I said, welcome to our world. Nobody up here, family wants to have anything to do with them. Do they? Well, that's I'm through here. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for these truths. Help us to understand your word more and more in the gospel. It's something that we need to understand what the gospel is. When we preach it, we're going to, we're going to preach daily cross, death to self, self-denial, the narrow way, the straight gate. It's all the gospel. You're going to come back and take vengeance on those that obey not the gospel. We don't want that to be us. Fight our battles, Lord. We've got so many people wanting to stop us and destroy us. Lord, we'll praise you for everything. Even the bad things that come in our life, we'll say thank you, Lord, because this is your will. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So, are we learning anything? How you doing? Struggling just like everybody else. Well, that's that 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 outer man. We're frightening him. It's hard. It is.